Good day, and welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper, and I'm here tonight with Off the Cuff, Desensitize Me, From the Height of Stupidity to the Depths of Sadness. The music I'm listening to tonight all comes from the wonderful guitar player, Wes Montgomery. This is entitled Bumpin'. Um, thank you for listening. Hope you like the podcast, care to share it, and you can please subscribe. $5, $10 a month. It's easy. And we've got a, about 330 podcasts that we've completed over the last three and a half years for your enjoyment. So I hope you choose to, to subscribe. Um, okay, this is Desensitize Me kind of part one um, I actually was looking to follow up on the podcast I did last week entitled Send In The Clowns about reality TV and I had this whole reality TV thing lined up today only about the true reality TV you know all these true stories that we have the ID channel and things of that nature and My thought process was, I remember maybe in the 90s when video games became really popular and there were a lot of uh, Man of War or whatever soldier video games and uh, the race car, not the race car, but the the car video games, uh, you know, a whole bunch of violent video games that seem to get the attention of the so-called important people in this country or the leaders in our Congress. And there was banter back and forth about how do we label these games? Are they too violent for children to play with? And do violent video games cause children to grow up to be violent people? Um, All of these kinds of things. This from a society that since I was a child in the 60s, uh, G-rated TV consisted of Westerns where people got shot all the time. And it was commonplace to see small kids in actors in these television shows or these Western movies where the kids were firing guns too. Yeah, but... 30 years later, we're worried about video games and how that might look to desensitize our kids to violence. Really? Well, those thoughts were going around my head when yesterday I started watching the second impeachment hearing. And even though yesterday was just a legal day, basically to decide if the trial was if the trial could be held and by the grace of God we did decide that it was it should be held Um, today was the day the house managers really presented their case now um, it doesn't matter where what side we're on doesn't matter what you believe Our system of government says that in a court of law, you can be judged by a jury of your peers, 
who listen to the evidence and do not come with a pre-meditated answer to a question they haven't been asked. Yeah, we say that. But I grew up also in the 60s watching movies called To Kill a Mockingbird and so many other movies where a jury of their peers came premeditated with thoughts to convict someone whether they were guilty or not or to release someone, to acquit someone whether they were guilty or not. Um, here's the deal. A lot of what I saw today was very riveting. And I saw it on two different scales. I saw the sadness that took place and how close we came and still are to going from a democracy to an autocracy. And then I saw, and I saw sadness in that. And I saw some evil in that too. But then I also saw some sadness in the height of stupidity that a lot of adults put themselves through to get to the point that they got to on the 6th of January. Okay, I said this when 45 was elected. You can go back to the earliest podcast I've started doing, uh, November of 2017, all throughout. Every once in a while, I did some podcasts called MAGA, Make America Great Again. Yeah, well, I always believed 45 at his heart is a con man. And a con man's con always works best when they control the narrative. I'm going to say that again. I always believed 45 was a con man, and a con man's con works best when they control the narrative. And I've seen for years, up close and personal, and through the telly, how a lot of us The last thing we want to be known, even if it's for a moment, to have been is stupid. The last thing we want to be known to have been is is to have been conned, to have been so completely wrong about something that we went out of ourselves to defend what amounts to just a lie. Um... A lot of us, uh, and I am one of us, not that I was one of us who was conned, but I am one of us. A lot of us believed the lies we've been told. A lot of us did. And that starts with believing the lie. See, again, a con man's con always works best when they control the narrative. By getting you to believe the lie, 
they have control of the narrative. This is also West Montgomery. The song is The Days of Wine and Roses, which I believe is a Billy Wilder movie with the great Jack Lemmon and, oh, what's her name? Lee Remick. Um, the movie, he was an alcoholic and he met her and she didn't drink at all. And he gave her a chocolate kind of drink. I forgot what it was. And if you haven't seen this movie, it was in 1962, I believe, and it's very riveting and it's very real. And basically he ends up going to quitting alcohol and she ends up not wanting to, worse off than what he was. Um, but the song is Days of Wine and Roses. See, and the thing is, once we, if we buy into the lie, a lot of us have the courage to say, okay, I was lied to and I believed it. I fell for it. Well, however you want to put it, I was duped. I was conned. Okay? But more of us takes much longer, if ever, to reach that point. Um, think about this. Q says, no one, Q says, whatever, I'm speaking of the QAnon whole thing. Q says, this will happen on this given day. That will happen, and you should do this, and you should do that, and this is going to happen because I'm Q and I say it, and you should follow me. And people do. But no one knows who Q is. No one. I guess that's part of the mystery of it, not knowing who the voice that you're hearing, not knowing the transcripts you're reading, not knowing where they're coming from, but they're telling you what to do and where you should believe and where you should go with your life. And when 45 says, and all the things he said while he was in office, no one wanted to believe who he was. We all wanted to believe he was who he said he was. When in fact, I think we all had a sense of really who he was because he made it known from the beginning and long before he did anything about running for office. So, the con was made easier because for some reason, a large number of people were susceptible, susceptible to being conned, to being duped. So when you come out on the other side and realize that it was all a big lie, how quick do you snap back? Um, how do you look yourself in the mirror? Now, don't get me wrong. You do. You can. But it might be a little more difficult for some to look themselves in the mirror and realize what they believed, what they took part in, and what it all meant. Um, see, the other thing is that when I saw a lot of, and, and the one thing I will say about the house managers is they related their case 
They put it in relative times and in relative terms where most of us, we can see it. See, it's one thing to hear something, but they gave us enough visual text that we could see things that we know happened. You can go double down on your con if you want, but we saw things that we knew happened, heard things that we knew were said by people that we could actually see. And I will say this too. One of the things that got me, and it was a small thing, but one of the things that got me in the uh, watching of the, uh, watching the house uh, people do their thing today was the fact that after two or three hours worth of violence, the first words we heard from uh, the President of the United States talking to the people who were doing the rioting. Okay, yes, this was a riot. And one of the first things we heard from the President of the United States, a visual message he gave to the people who were actually being part of the riot, he told them, we love you and go home now. I mean, to me, it struck me so much as a black man to know that black people don't get to riot and go home. Black people don't get to kill a police officer and go home. Black people don't, or any other ethnic people in this country, don't get to film us committing violence and go home. I mean, they filmed their own selves during an insurrection with captions and posted it on their own pages. How fearless is that of consequences? They were not fearful of any consequences for whatever reasons. But from my point of view, part of those reasons, they were that fearless of consequences was because of the color of their skin. And where in their mind, and realistically, not just in their mind, but really where their directives were coming from, where their marching orders were coming from. This is West Montgomery, here comes that rainy day. Well, the house managers, in my mind, have bought that rainy day here. I watched, and I will watch again tomorrow, but I watched most of what, I, what the house managers presented today. And there was very little left to opinion. There's very little left to to, to haggle over because they were using the people accused and 45, they were using his words. They were using the pictures pr- provided to them by the rioters themselves. And they used their words too. And why, while I understand the need to 
present Mike Pence in truth what he did on that day. Again, I'm not sure whether it's the height of stupidity or the depth of sadness I feel for him. Because after four years of supplicant service to somebody that whether he believed he was doing a great job or not, he decided to do whatever he was asked to do. And after all of this, to know that instead of being part of the narrative, and I'm speaking of Pence, instead of him being part of the narrative, he realized on January the 6th that he was part of the con. And that con came very near to costing him and his family possibly their lives. And again, for those of us who a couple of weeks ago said that, yeah, maybe they wouldn't have been killed. If you saw what we saw today, you would understand that that was a very real possibility. Had uh, Vice President Pence, Speaker Pelosi, any of these people been presented face to face with the rioters, they might not have come out of that. The fact that, again, privilege allows you to riot the Capitol building, hang a, make a noose and hang it in preparation for the vice president's neck and they get to go home? Wow. Um, Honestly, you know the other thing I thought about too? Anyone who would question um, all of the shootings that over the last 10, however many years, of unarmed people of color by law enforcement officers, that 95% of them, per the law, say they were justified. There were a lot of law enforcement officers in this mix not the ones who were trying to protect the country and protect the capital and protect the leaders of the country, the ones that were part of the riot, the ones that were part of rioters. It's not a far throw to think that people might be getting killed on purpose. It's sad. Man, it's sad. But again, it's, It's just facing up to what it is. So, on this rainy day, and and here's the other thing. Um, What privilege wants us to do is to give everyone a pass. Because there are no domestic terroristic laws in our country, most of the, most of the... I guess uh, if, if people are convicted, most of the time served will be minimal. Maybe a year, maybe two years. I, from what I understand. Um, but people died. Somebody killed a law enforcement officer. 
Somebody wounded 140 law enforcement officers. Again, for one second, flip the script. A group of rioters, skin color black and brown, wound 140 law enforcement officers. Is there anybody willing to tell me that none of the black and brown rioters would have died? I mean, realistically. Listen, um, this is, again, West Montgomery. The song is too late now. <sighs> World, we're not okay. <laughs> okay. We're not okay. We're not. We want to be, but we're not okay. We're strong. Don't think we aren't strong, but we're not okay. And what's going on now will have a lot to do with how fast we can get to okay, if we're gonna get there at all. Um, This can't be about letting, having us just move on. We can't become desensitized to what happened, to what's been happening to how we treat each other and how a lot of us have been treated by those of us that we give power to. See, many times we give power to people in hopes that they would work for all of us and they ended up not working for us and not wanting to let power go. And because they can help out a certain amount of people that help them keep that power, There's a whole different class of people right there. And they're not helping anybody but themselves. And we have to see this situation for what it is. We don't move on. We don't give anybody a pass. We prosecute everyone. We should prosecute everyone to the fullest extent of the law. Now, the other thing is too, There are senators in that room that are part of the problem, that fed into the insurrection, that weren't trying to help anybody but themselves keep that 200 and something thousand and that 100 and something thousand pension for the rest of their lives. How do you live with yourself? More importantly, I would really like to know the backstory Um, on how they interact with the people in their world. I heard something about a teenager, I think it was from Arkansas, or I'm not sure where he was, but he called called the FBI on his own father because his father was part of the riot. I would wonder if anyone in the ex-vice president's family who saw all of he, what he subjected himself to deal with for the past four years. I wonder if they had any words for him or had any questions for him when they were, when they were in that moment and after that moment of being in fear for their lives because of the man he shined on for four years. None of this is good. 
the only thing good that comes from this is that we punish those who are responsible for the most heinous government crime of my lifetime. Without letting anybody off the hook. All that other bullshit that we were talking about makes no sense. This is real. Talk to me about it. I want to talk to you, and I'm going to keep watching a little bit more tomorrow. And um, then I'll leave it alone. Maybe. Talk to me. I want to talk to you. This is the Talk It Out podcast. Desensitize me? I don't think so. Have a good night, everybody.